0: Well, once again, I wanna welcome you here, welcome over there in the venue. I'm, I'm just really grateful for all of you that serve over there, those that lead worship, and the ushers, and the greeters, and those in the sound booth, and all of that, thank you for your service. If you're listening uh, on the radio, I'm glad you're with us, and maybe you're watching us right now live on the internet, um, welcome. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter one, And uh, while you're turning there, I want to let you know that those last two songs that we sung here and those songs that we sung over in the venue, they were the same songs, are actually on our new worship CD, Here for You. There are 14 songs on here, and uh, you can get it uh, right out here in the uh, resource center for $10. It's got 14 songs on about an hour and 10 minutes worth of music. And it's, it's just fantastic. We recorded it live, so some of you will hear your, your voices on here, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> thank the Lord we hear the choir, most of, most of it. But uh, pick it up. It's 10 bucks. Pretty soon it will be available on iTunes, but it, it's just more money when you, when you go to iTunes and, and buy it. So you can get it here for 10 bucks. This is the kind of music you got to fill your home with. This is the kind of music you ought to have in your car when you're driving around, it ought to be on your iPod, those kinds of things, and it'll make a difference in your life. be a great spiritual gift to give somebody, and I'm just really grateful for our music department and all that they do. And then let me, once again, if you weren't here last weekend, I want to make reference to our special Christmas offering here at Big Valley Grace. It's our rhythm to uh, bring a gift to the Lord that's over and above our regular giving and um, what we do is, is we, we take this special offering. You can bring it Christmas Eve. Uh, you can bring it Christmas weekend. We want you as an individual or as a family to go home and say, you know, what can we do over and above what we normally do here at Big Valley Grace to be a blessing to what God is doing? And just to let you know, the first 10% of it always goes to pay down the debt that we have here at our church, but the remaining of it. We'll go to local organizations here in Modesto uh, that we already partner with, like the Gospel Mission, the Modesto Pregnancy Center, the Vine House, some of those ministries. They will be a recipient of this. And also, we will uh, choose about five or so churches on the other side of town. And um, they don't know it. But their brothers and sisters here at Big Valley Grace will show up at their doorstep, so to speak, and say, Hey, listen, we're thrilled with what God is doing with you and how you're being salt and light in a different part of our city. And your brothers and sisters over here want to be a blessing to you. And we're not going to tell you who those churches are because I know you can't keep a secret. And neither and either can I, frankly. Uh, and then uh, in January, like we did last year, you will see those churches. And you, their their pastors will be able to say thank you, and so I, I, well, I'm excited about it. But this has to be over and above what you normally give. If you just you know, hey, here's what I'm going to give normally, and I'm just going to put it in here, it doesn't help anything. In fact, it just makes matters worse. I want you to, to be generous. I'm just inviting you once again to be to be generous, and so um, please take that home and 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 pray for how you might want to help. Okay. Uh, we're in a series here at Big Valley Grace called The Nativity, where we're looking at uh, all the different characters that you might see in the typical nativity scene that most of us have in our homes or apartments, or you see them out at the mall or, or whatever. Uh, three weeks ago, I kicked off the series by looking at the, the wise men or the magi. Two weeks ago, Pastor Bobby Fisher did a great job looking at the, the shepherds. Last week I looked at Joseph, he was the man that raised Jesus, and today we're going to look at the life of Mary. I heard this story this past week about a a little second grade boy that had gone to church, and when it was over, his mother asked him, son, what did you learn in in Sunday school today? And the boy said, well, mom, we, we learned about Moses. We learned about how Moses across the the Red Sea. And mom said, well, son, tell me about it. How did Moses get all the people across the Red Sea? And the little boy said, well, Moses asked everybody to bring all the wood they had, and uh, he took it, and he tied it all together, and he made a bunch of little tiny rafts, and everybody got on those little rafts, and they floated to the other side. And the mom said, are you sure that's what the teacher taught you? And the little boy said, no, that's not what you taught us, but you'd never believe the story she told us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is that the truth? Well, the story that I'm about to read is much like Moses crossing the, the Red Sea. It's pretty unbelievable. In fact, it's, um, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around this story. But I want to read it. If you have a Bible, Luke chapter one. If you don't, it's in your notes or it'll be on the jumbotrons. Verse 26 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, How can this happen? I'm a a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but now she's in her sixth month of pregnancy, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Last week, I uh, looked at five life-changing moments in the life of Joseph. And today, I'm gonna look at life, five life-changing moments in the life of Mary. And I'm praying that the Lord would speak to each of you. Last night here, um, after I was done, you know, the singing was done, and the giving was done, and the praying was done, and the preaching was done, I gave people a chance to respond to what the Holy Spirit was doing in their life. And a whole lot of um, people came forward, just like last week. And there was one card here that I took home last night, was praying for them, and this gal here says, I was driving by your church, and I noticed the cars, and I just sensed that I was supposed to come in here (laughs) and so she comes in, having never been to our church before, and she hears all the music, the praying, experiences the fellowship, hears the word of God, and the Bible says that God draws people to himself. Sometimes, They can be driving down the road, and they don't even know why, and they see a sign and cars, and they just turn in here, and they show up, and they respond to all that takes place in here, and I'm praying that maybe that might be the case for some of you in here or over in the venue, that maybe today you would sense God drawing you in some way, Well, here's life-changing moment number one. It's exactly the same life-changing moment that went on in Joseph's life, and that is Mary's getting married. This is a time of, of great joy. Verse 26 says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and I'll talk more about her in a bit, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, I talked a lot about this last week, the fact that Mary and Joseph were getting married. But to really grasp what's going on here in Mary's life, I need to spend just a few minutes talking about it again. Beloved, Mary's in love. She's God herself a, a man, and not just any man, he's a godly man. I shared with you last week that the Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. He was a man that feared God. He was a man that was looking forward to the day that God would send the Messiah. He allowed what he knew of God and his word to direct his life. Mary's got herself a pretty special man. And as I thought about it, I kind of tried to put myself in Mary's shoes to some degree, and man, life was pretty special for her. Last week, I had you think back to the day that you met your spouse. Those are special days, weren't they? Once again, like last week, I just spent some time in my office remembering those days that Aaron and I began to to date. Those days when Aaron and I began to court. Those first days where we went and got coffee together. And you're sitting across a little table, drinking a coffee, trying to be on your best behavior, making sure no hair is out of place, you don't have any spaghetti hanging off your lips or anything weird, you know, and you're trying not to act like an idiot. Remember those days, how exciting they were? Well, I got the feeling it was no different for Mary, do you think? I mean, she was human. And I realized it was a different culture, and they didn't date like we dated back in those days, but... But she's in love. This was a time of great joy in her life. I'm sure she had all kinds of dreams and what her home was going to look like and how she was going to make it special for her man. Ladies, remember when you went out and picked out that wedding dress? Remember those days? Remember how special that was? Remember picking out the flowers and Picking out the place and thinking about your honeymoon and man, those were just incredible days. I shared with you last week that oftentimes in marriages, no, 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 not oftentimes. It happens in every marriage. Yes, there are these incredible highs, you know, you're getting married. Woo! Yeah. Sparklers and fireworks are going off. You got the goosebumps. Oh man, it's just unbelievable. But all you have to do is be married for just a little while, and, and guess what? You, 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 the sparklers puff out. The fireworks stop going off. You don't get a goosebump anymore. And you, you, you go into these downers, these seasons where it's not all that great. It happens in every marriage. If you're married long enough, man, the, the, the rockets come back and the sparklers come back and woo, the goosebumps come back. Oh, and then you know, if you're married long enough, then those that downtime comes again. And it's during that downtime when you have to look at that. You see, what that says is I've made a commitment. I took a vow. That whether the times are good and the rockets are going off and I got goosebumps or the times are bad, didn't matter what the seasons of life might might bring, I'm committed to one woman. No marriage is rockets and goosebumps forever. Every marriage goes through these cycles, these ups and downs, and one of the things that will help you get out of a downer is when you think back to those first days of dating and courting and all those things, when you think back to all those special moments, see, what happens is we just get involved in life and things go on and we forget how special those days were. And when you read a story like Joseph and Mary, when you look at especially Mary here, wow. Things had to be really special in her life. This was an incredible time. But something happens. In one split second, Mary's life, just like Joseph's life, radically changed forever. In fact, it was so radical, it changed your life. What's gonna take place? Changed my life. Which brings us to the second life-changing moment. Life-changing moment number two is Mary is having a baby. Okay, this is a time of just great confusion. Verse 28 says, Gabriel, who was the angel, appeared to Mary and said, "'Greetings, favored woman!' The Lord is with you. So far, so good. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think, you know what, what what could this angel mean? What's going on? Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Man, I'd love for an angel to show up and say that to me, wouldn't you? That's all good. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Jesus. What? He will be very great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, Hold on here. How can this happen? I'm, I'm a virgin. Now, Mary's question here, let me just take a little side road for just a moment. Mary's question here, how can this happen, I, I'm a virgin, isn't an issue of unbelief, as it was with Zachariah? It's an issue of clarification. You see, in Luke chapter one, the same angel, Gabriel, comes to Zechariah and tells him that his wife, Elizabeth, is gonna have a baby, and that baby was gonna be John the Baptist, And it says this in verse 18, Zacharias said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man and my wife is old as well. You see, Zacharias simply didn't believe what the angel was telling him. And because he didn't believe, the angel made it so he couldn't talk for nine months until the baby was born. But when Mary asked the question, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. It's not that she doesn't believe what the angel's telling her. She simply trying to figure out what's going on. She's confused, as anybody would be. Think about it. Have you ever been in a situation that made no sense? You know, life's going good. You know, you got everything under control. And, man, things are just kind of just working. And then out of nowhere, you get kidney punched. I was thinking back to my years here at Big Valley Grace, and I know of a few families who had great joy. They went to the hospital, their babies were born, and wow, just incredible joy. They took the baby home, and boom, they died. Woohoo, joy! And then. Think about young children that are playing in a park, having fun, flying kites, throwing balls, and then they go to the doctor and they find out that they've got cancer. You're married to the man or the woman of your dreams, and you find out they're having an affair. Wow. You got a great job, life is good, you know, you bought your first car or whatever it might be, and then boom. You get the pink slip out of nowhere. Someone you love out of nowhere just dies. Your teenager, out of control. Beloved, God often allows your life to move along smoothly. He often allows you to experience great, great joy. But God also allows things to happen in your life that mess everything up. He allows things to happen that bring pain into your life or sorrow into your life or in Mary's case, confusion into your life. Think about it for a moment. For Mary, life is good, right? She's got a wonderful man. She's getting married She's mapped out her future and all of that, and out of nowhere, this angel shows up and tells her that she's pregnant with God's baby. And so Mary does what anybody would do in that situation or what people ought to do in that situation. She asks God for help. She asks God for clarification. God, how is this gonna happen? I'm I'm a virgin, And here's the beautiful thing, God invites all of us to do the same thing. God's word tells us that when something goes down in your life that doesn't make sense, when life kidney punches you, God says, come to me. Come to me just like Mary came to me. Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter four. Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And beloved, this is exactly what Mary's doing here. She's a little anxious, right? Maybe a lot anxious. And so she has a request. God, how can I be pregnant? I've never had sex with anybody. I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man before. Joseph... Uh, Joseph and I have have kept ourselves pure. We we, we know what your word says. I know what your word says, and I, I haven't been with the man. Beloved, God knows that life is full of trials and troubles. God knows that this side of heaven, weird things happen. God knows that no one is immune from the bummers of life. God knows that there will be times in all of our lives when things just don't make sense. Maybe you've lost a baby, maybe you've lost a loved one, maybe, you know, someone you love has cancer, maybe you've lost a job, maybe you have a a spouse that was unfaithful, maybe your teenager's gone off the deep end, maybe your parents are going through a divorce. Beloved, I don't know what you're struggling with right now, but I do know this, God doesn't want you to panic over anything. He simply wants you to come to Him. That's what He wants. There's lots of things in life that can make us anxious, I know, <clears throat> just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you don't get anxious about things. I get anxious about stuff. And I'm so thankful that God says, listen, when you're anxious, Rick, here's what you do. Don't panic, don't freak out, you just come to me. Ask me, give a request to me. And Mary gives us a a great example of this principle, doesn't she? Life didn't make any sense to her. One moment she's pumped and excited, she's getting married, and now I'm having a baby, God's baby. And she simply gives us a great illustration. God, hold on here. What's going on? What's happening here? I'm I'm a a virgin. Now this brings us to the third life-changing moment. Life-changing moment number three, Mary is given a sign. Okay, this is a, a time of great confirmation. Verse 36, the angel said, What's more, Mary, your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but now she's actually in her sixth month of pregnancy. Imagine, you know, you're, you're Mary. You're this young virgin, probably 13 years old, maybe 14, just real young. And you've just been told that you're pregnant with God's baby, the long-awaited Messiah. So she's a little confused, to say the least, right? Probably knocked the wind out of her, right? Think about the questions that must have been running through Mary's head. You know, what will become of my engagement? How's Joseph going to respond? Will he still want to marry me? Will I ever have a normal family? I mean, if this is God's baby, I mean, do I spank him? Do I? How's this all going to work? You you see, you can read this little story, and I say this all the time, beloved. It takes you, what, I don't know, 20 seconds to read the story, and you can miss so much of it. These are real people with real emotions I wondered if she thought about her dad. Man, what am I gonna tell my dad? I wonder how that conversation went down. She's probably thinking, is anybody gonna believe me? Who's gonna provide for us? So she asked for clarification, you know, I'm pregnant, You know, how can I be pregnant? I'm a virgin. And what does God do? In God's love and grace and mercy, God begins to answer her prayer, her request with a sign. And what's the sign? The sign was that her relative, Elizabeth, was pregnant. Now, how is this a a sign? How how, how was this going to bring comfort or or clarification or whatever? Let me unpack this a, a little bit for you. Elizabeth was an an older woman, probably at least 80 years of age, at least, okay? And she was known throughout the land as the woman who had no children. She was barren, which in that culture was was a disgrace. And up until this moment when the angel, Gabriel, tells Mary about Elizabeth's pregnancy, nobody knew about it. Nobody. Why? Why would Elizabeth have kept her pregnancy a secret from everybody? especially her cousin, Mary. Well, I think it's because she was afraid that no one would believe her. She thinks that if she tells anybody that she's pregnant, they're all going to think she's crazy. I mean, she's been barren all of her life, and now she's, you know, 80-plus years of age, and she's going to go around and tell people she's pregnant? So she's waiting to tell everybody until she's showing That's what I think. Okay, the angel shows up, tells her and Zachariah, you're gonna have a baby? Really? She didn't tell anybody. Till all of a sudden she was showing enough that it looked like maybe she just wasn't bloated from eating too much dinner the night before. Because this would be something you would be excited about. You'd be pumped about this. But she hasn't told anybody. But the angel lets Mary in on the secret. The angel tells Mary what's going on. Now, now by the way, Elizabeth's baby was conceived the, the good old fashioned way. You know what I'm saying? Elizabeth's baby wasn't conceived the way Mary's baby was conceived. And that I, I know most of you know that, but for those of you that are new, maybe new in the faith, the baby that Elizabeth was going to have was going to be had the, the good old-fashioned way, and that baby was going to grow up to become John the Baptist. But nobody, but nobody knew about it. Now, if you read the entire story in the Gospel of Luke, you find that it didn't take long for Mary to go and find Elizabeth. I mean, as soon as the angel says something, I mean, she's kind of out the door. She goes and finds her cousin. Whoa! You are pregnant. Beloved, here's something that I've found to be true. Whenever God calls you to do something, he'll always give you some sort of confirmation It might be through his word. You'll read something in his word that will confirm whatever it is that the Lord has told you to do. It could be through the mouth of a trusted friend. It might be through some special peace in your life. I don't know what it'll be, but God always has a way of letting you know what his will is for your life. And here was God giving Mary this sign. Go check out your cousin. Not only are you gonna have a baby, she's gonna have a baby. Now this brings us to the next life-changing moment, okay? Life-changing moment number four. Mary's given a, a reminder. This is a time of great realization. The angel says to Mary, Mary, don't you ever forget this? Nothing is impossible with God. Yes, Elizabeth's pregnant. Yes, you're pregnant. And I know there's all kinds of things swirling around in your mind. But don't forget this, Mary. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing. Beloved, God didn't expect Mary to understand everything, but he did expect her to believe. And the same is true for all of us. Listen, Christian. God doesn't expect you to understand everything. But he does expect you to believe. There is going to be much in life that you won't understand. In Deuteronomy, it says this the Lord our God has secrets known to no one. Some of your Bibles say the secret things belong to the Lord. There are things about life, the universe, whatever it might be, that are a secret. We will never know them. Now the world doesn't like that. The world tries to find the answers out to everything. But there are some things that we're just never going to understand about God, about life about the universe, they're secrets, secrets to God, only known by God. Proverbs says it like this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do and he'll show you the right way. Never let yourself think that you're wiser than you are. Simply obey the Lord and refuse to do wrong. Listen, I know some of you are really smart people in here. You got P's and H's and D's after your names, and you got a D and an R before your name. You're well educated. Got a high IQ. God gave us a brain and we ought to do all that we can to educate our minds. Nothing wrong with that. What tends to happen, we as human beings begin to think that, wow, we we, we can figure it all out. And God says, hey, listen. Sometimes you can't lean on your own understanding, Mary. I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I know that humanly speaking, there are things that will happen. You just go, what? And God says, don't don't you trust this all the time? There are some things that you just have to believe. There will be some things that are beyond you. Listen to what Isaiah says in chapter 55. God says, My thoughts are not like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Boy, that's, that, that for some people, that just really bothers them. Basically, what God's saying is, is that he's God and you're not I'm glad we have these brains and I'm glad we have computers and I'm glad that we can educate ourselves and we ought to, but make no mistake about it, his thoughts aren't like our thoughts, his ways aren't, our, aren't like our ways, he's different than us. And here's this angel just boiling it down to Mary saying, Mary, don't you forget, nothing's impossible for God. Now, I, I know that's hard for you to get. You're just but a humanoid. But don't you forget, God, God is so powerful, he can do anything he wants. I was thinking about all the things that God has done that he, at least we know about. God, God created everything in six days. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? God protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from being burned up in the fire. God protected Daniel when he was thrown into the den of lions. God gave Moses the power to split the Red Sea. God gave little David the ability to kill the giant Goliath with one tiny rock. God had a huge fish swallow Jonah. God had the walls of Jericho fall down, right? And God in his love and mercy and compassion reminds Mary, Mary, don't forget, Nothing's impossible for me. I can do things you can't even dream of. Beloved, with men, there are all kinds of things that are impossible, but not with God. But in fact, let me share with you one thing that's impossible for any of you to do. It's impossible for any man, any woman to do. And that's this. It's totally impossible for you to save yourself. The Bible says this to the great prophet Jeremiah Can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? And the answer is no. Can a leopard take away its spots? And the answer is no. Neither can you start doing good, for you've always done evil. You see, the message of the Bible is is this, is that we as humans aren't good and some of us are just better than others. That's what the world wants you to think, that we're all just good, aren't we? Some are better than others. No, that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible's crystal clear. The Bible teaches that we're all evil. We're all sinners. Some are just more evil than others. There's no... Charlie Manson's in this room. There's no Hitler's in this room. We're not as evil as those two guys were. But make no mistake about it, we're all evil. Every one of us. It's impossible for you to save yourself. It's impossible for you to please God. It's totally impossible for you to live in such a way that it would please God enough that he would let you into his heaven. You see, heaven is a perfect place. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are there. They are perfect. Heaven is a perfect place. So if God were to allow any one of us into heaven, guess what? it wouldn't be perfect anymore, would it? If God let us all up into heaven, it wouldn't take long before heaven would be like earth. Goofed up, messed up. But God isn't going to let anything imperfect or evil into heaven. God's not going to do it. Bible says in Romans chapter 3, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, we've we've all blown and we've all disobeyed God, we all have things we wish we hadn't done, we all have things we wish we hadn't said, we all have regrets, we all have guilt, we all have things in our lives that we knew that were wrong, all of us. There's no way that God's gonna let any of us get into heaven and our problem is we can't fix the, the, we can't make ourselves perfect, we can't make ourselves right. It's impossible. The prophet Isaiah said this, all of us like sheep have, have strayed away. We've all left God's path to follow our own. All of us and there's no way that God is gonna let any of us into heaven. It's impossible for us to fix our problem. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 59, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and he's not going to listen to you anymore. Well, but it's our sin that keeps us out of heaven. Sin is a horrible thing. In fact, it's so horrible that it's impossible for us to fix the problem. Absolutely impossible. But here's the good news. Listen to me. It's impossible for you to make yourself so good, so right, so perfect that you'd go to heaven, impossible. But here's the good news. Nothing is impossible with God. That's the good news. It's impossible for you to fix your problem of sin. You can't make yourself right enough, holy enough, righteous enough, perfect enough to get to heaven. But the good news is, is that there's nothing impossible for God. Nothing. Listen to what the scripture says. Job 42 says, "I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you." Jeremiah 32 says, "O Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing." Psalms 115 says our God is in heaven and he does what pleases him. And let me share one of the things that pleased God. The Bible says this in John chapter three. For God so loved the world, he so loved you that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but they would be able to come to heaven and have eternal life. Beloved, it pleased God to send his son Jesus to make it possible for you and I to go to heaven. It's impossible for any of us to make ourselves right enough or holy enough or perfect enough to get to heaven, but it pleased God. He does whatever, whatever, you know, pleases him, and it pleased him to send his son Jesus Christ here who was perfect and holy, and righteous. And anybody who would invite Jesus into their life, wow, something amazing takes place. The greatest miracle of all takes place. And that is you go from being an unholy, unrighteous, evil, sinful person who could never make it into heaven, and God comes into your life through the person of his son Jesus Christ and he is holy he is perfect he is righteous and by virtue of that relationship with God guess what you're now made perfect and so you can go to heaven now you can't get there on your own but if you know Jesus Christ as your savior he cleanses you of your sin he makes you holy he makes you righteous he makes you perfect Listen to what the Bible says in John chapter six. They asked Jesus, what must we do to do the work that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who has sent." That's the work. You just believe in Jesus. You invite Jesus into your life. In John chapter one, it says, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God doesn't have the life. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, you don't have the life. Why? Because you're still evil. You're still unrighteous. You're still a sinner. And God isn't gonna let you into his perfect heaven. He can't. But he loved you. And he sent his Son. And if you have the Son, then you got the life because he made you righteous. Jesus makes you perfect, you see just a moment, you're going to hear a beautiful rendition of Mary, Did You Know? It's kind of a famous song. But before we sing that song, I'd like for you just to close your eyes for just a moment. And I I believe that maybe the Lord has spoke to some of you in here. One, two, maybe over in the venue, I don't know. Maybe through the internet, or on the radio, I, I don't know. I just believe that some of you have heard from God. And maybe for the very first time, this whole Jesus thing is making some sense. And I wanna give you a chance to invite Jesus, the, the perfect Savior, to come into your life the Holy Savior to come into your life, the righteous Savior to come into your life, because when he comes into your life, he cleanses you of your sin. He cleans up your life that you might spend your eternity in heaven forever. And if you're here, I just want you to pray this prayer. I I prayed it 30-something years ago. It was something like this. Just say this in your heart and mean it. Just say, Dear Jesus, I receive you into my life right now. I know I'm not perfect. And I'm giving you my life right now. Come into my life. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Cleanse me of my sin. while your heads are bowed, even over in the venue, obviously I can't see you over there, but Pastor Scott can, and I just would like to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer, would you just raise your hand, make sure I see you, make, make eye contact. If, if you just prayed that, that prayer, make sure I see you, maybe wave your hand just a little bit. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, right back here. Cool. Yeah, back here, ma'am. I see you. Up here, a couple of you up here. Man, beautiful. Anybody else? Make sure I see you. I just want to know. Yeah, gotcha. Very cool. Maybe there were some over in the venue. That's what I want you to do. Everybody look up here. Just a moment. I, I want to have a chance to talk with you. Just, just, just us alone. But before I do that, I do want to give you this last life-changing moment real quick. And that is this. Mary demonstrated unusual faith. This is a time of great trusting It says that Mary uh, responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And I want you to know Mary had an incredible confidence in God. Her, Her faith was awesome. She was a special person. But I want you to understand something. Mary was just a human being. Mary doesn't answer any of your prayers Mary doesn't heal anybody. Mary doesn't intercede to God on your behalf. Mary can't disperse any grace and mercy upon you. Mary can't forgive you of any of your sins. She's not the queen of heaven. Mary's not worthy of any of your worship. Mary was blessed among women, not blessed above women. Was it a blessing to be the woman who got to carry Jesus in her womb? Are you kidding me? What an incredible honor that was. But she was but a woman. God had given her a special task to do, an assignment, and that was to raise the Son of God, and Mary obeyed. She had incredible faith. But I do want to look at that last sentence of our text. It says this, Then the angel left her. I want you to know, friends will leave you. Family will leave you. Some of you have experienced a spouse that has left you. Pastors will leave. Angels will leave you. But God will never leave you, never. And for those of you in this room, and I don't know, there were 10 or so that raised your hand, maybe some over in the venue, maybe you're driving in your car, or maybe you're watching this at home, I want you to know something. The God that you just gave your life to, he'll never leave you. People will leave you. But God will never leave you. Never. Never. That baby that was in Mary's womb was the son of God. And in just a moment after this song, I, I want to talk just to the few of you that raised your hand, but you're, you're, you're going to really enjoy this, this next song, especially if you've never heard it, heard it before. Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for those that raised their hands, responded to the drawing of the Holy Spirit in their life. I pray, Lord, that you'd minister to us even in this song, and I pray this in your name. Amen.